If you can dream it, you can do it. This self-fulfilling prophecy is the surest of all. Don't worry, I'm not going to have you live, laugh, loving all over your house. But if you want to come alive, if you want to avoid waking up sometime in the future and realizing that you've been living someone else's version of the good life, then you need to look forward to dream a little. So ask yourself, what does success with fulfillment, you know, the good life, really look like to me? And then ask yourself, am I living in the place I love with the people I love doing the right work on purpose? Most of us accumulate stuff in our lives. We keep adding things and responsibilities until we get to a point where we can't or don't want to carry it anymore. Mentally, emotionally, spiritually, or physically. So what's the solution? Well, there are two parts. First, Decide how much you're really willing to carry. And second, decide what goes and what stays. Now, I don't have the acclaim of Marie Kondo, but I can offer five pathways to help you dive into this work of coming alive. And that's exactly what we're doing in today's episode of Bullshift. Join me. Welcome to Bullshift the podcast for every person aged 35 to 55 who wonders, is this as good as life gets? Bullshift teaches you how to apply coaching psychology, early midlife insights, and the art and science of a meaningful life to transform this life phase into a period of creativity and growth. We spend nearly half our adult lives in some type of transition. This show is about making all that time more satisfying. My name is Megan Krause, and as a nationally board-certified well-being coach, a modern midlife maven, and the chief bullshifter, I'm delighted you're here. Okay, friend, first things first. Coming alive is a lifelong process. It's not just a reaction to a sense of disillusionment or frustration in your life. It requires ongoing reflection and choice about your version of the good life and your priorities. When you commit to coming alive, you're willing to proactively ask and examine, what's brought me here? Am I still making life-giving choices? Or am I feeling weighed down like that entire drawer of jeans that no longer fit? I suspect these questions may resonate for you, as they do for me. And while I'm not yet ready to donate all of my genes, I do have a few strategies for asking and answering what makes you come alive that we're going to dive into. So strategy number one, reflect. Reflect once a day. If your brain is perpetually filled with noise and chatter, if your heart and your mind feel numb, then you're exhibiting the symptoms of hurry sickness. What's the antidote to this modern-day affliction of always going somewhere while never actually being anywhere? Daily timeouts. Appointments with yourself. Have you created daily time to be alone? The old adage, you have to take time to make time, is true. And even three minutes a day can work wonders. I see this in my work with healthcare professionals who are always amazed at the transformative power of a short three-minute moment of restoration amid you know, a busy schedule of caregiving. 
And so it could be as simple as taking three deep breaths or stretching. It doesn't need to be an elaborate timeout. But ask yourself, am I living my vision of the good life today? And I like to think I've been ahead of my time in giving myself timeouts, going all the way back to kindergarten in 1983. I recall a day in Mrs. Thorstead's class when I chose to live my best life by faking being asleep on my carpet square. I had seen another kid fall asleep and be granted the freedom to lay there for extra time while the rest of us moved on to an activity. And inspired, I waited a few days so my ruse wouldn't be so obvious and then chose to fake falling asleep so I could enjoy extra quiet time to myself too. Yeah, it seems kind of like I was destined for a well-being career, right? Strategy number two, connect. And when I say this, I mean create your sounding board. Consider the life-giving relationships that have sustained you throughout your life. Who have you relied on for counsel or inspiration? Most of us can trace our successes to some pivotal support from other people. So I invite you to Create your own personal board of directors, so to speak, even if it's just in your mind. Picture yourself at a board meeting with these people where you're all around a table. And as you sit there, what questions would you like to bring before the board? How would you like them to react? And what kind of support are you looking for? They all have one thing in common, your well-being. And if you decide to make your sounding board a reality and not just in your mind, then this approach really is a twofer because you've got opportunities for social connection and you're creating the conditions to be in action instead of procrastinating. Because when you select a sounding board, they're going to really bolster your bias for action. Strategy number three, explore. And really, this means to cultivate your curiosity. To be alive is to live at your growth edges, to follow your curiosity. Curiosity creates aliveness. And the key to boosting your curiosity skills is exploration. So identify an interest or an experience that you'd like to know more about. What intrigues you and why? Prepare a list of questions, maybe three to five, that can really satisfy your curiosity about that pursuit, and then research it. And just notice what grabs your interest. Choose one small step forward that you can take throughout the next month to explore your curiosities on a weekly, if not daily basis. Strategy number four, choose. And when I say choose, I really mean rediscover your hidden gifts. Here's the thing. Life at its most elemental is about creating. Yeah, your talents or your gifts are really the creative core of your life. And if you're like most people, you might be downplaying your talents, making up stories about how you don't have any or you don't know what they are. But toss that humility aside for a moment and ask yourself, what are my natural gifts? And then be honest in assessing whether you're expressing your gifts fully. And if not, how can you? The peak of vitality is flow. And flow is often found where our gifts and passions meet. We use our gifts on things that we care deeply about until we're really fully absorbed, mentally and physically absorbed, which is really one component of living the good life or being fully alive. So choose one activity in which you have previously felt flow 
you know, that feeling of being completely absorbed that really allowed you to just kind of lose yourself in the experience. And then write down three words that describe the experience that you got from it. And if you're still scratching your head about what your gifts may be, then let's talk. You can set up a free consult with me at megancrousey.com. And the fifth strategy is to act. And this is really about reframing your time boundaries. So here's the punchline. Aliveness comes from fulfilling time, not filling time. I've stated before that time is a finite resource, which means you need to create a new relationship with time. Without a daily practice of time ownership, your autopilot is going to be in charge. And the excuses, you know, like too much work, no money, parenting or caregiving responsibilities, just don't fly when we own our time. So emancipate yourself from your email and your cell phone and your social media to take back more time for your life priorities. Embrace free moments over mindless connectivity. While lockdowns and such may have forced so many of us to really unpack our calendars, you might want to consider how to ensure this practice continues. So do a quick review of how you're spending your time. Are you satisfied with how you're spending it? When was the last time you went to sleep at night saying, huh, this was a well-spent day? Are you consistently saying no to the less important things in your life and yes to your top priorities? Invest in choosing one priority and act on it today. Okay, so let's now do another sesh of midlife in real life where I share personal experiences that might resonate with you to illustrate the points I'm sharing today. So this past weekend, I had the opportunity to take a road trip to Galena, Illinois for a friend's wedding. And first things first, no, I did not pull a hammy during the wedding dance. I promised in last week's episode that I'd report back, but I definitely earned a few blisters on my feet because that band was incredible. They're the best wedding band I've ever heard. And I seriously danced for three hours, which is a long time, especially when you consider I was dancing in heels. And remember, wearing heels post-pandemic is no easy feat. I mean, I've definitely gotten used to not wearing heels. So my dogs were definitely barking, but it was so worth it. Plus, I made the trip with two friends and we made a couple impromptu stops along the way to see the baseball field for the movie Field of Dreams, as well as drive through the Driftless region, which if you haven't heard of, look it up, just give it a Google. It's so beautiful. And then we stopped, made a pit stop at my friend's alma mater. But You know, in hindsight, I didn't realize just how much I was craving this experience, especially given the last year and a half. And it reminded me of social connections being such a priority for me and that I really need to actually act on them. I'd sort of fallen into a lull in my own life of not organizing any kind of social outing, whether virtual or in person. And I definitely feel more alive with more intentional connections with loved ones. But I also realized that what makes me come alive is undoubtedly different than what makes you come alive. So as you undertake this discovery journey, remember when you're giving your gifts in support of something you truly care about, you're going to feel more energetic, more committed, and more enthusiastic about everything you do. But your gifts develop in the crucible of purpose. 
We're kind of led to believe that the big choices we make are going to determine a purposeful life. The work we go into, the awards we win, but it's actually the purpose moments, the small daily choices that create a sense of having fully lived. How we name and claim our purpose determines whether we look back later on the riches of our life with appreciation or with regret. So I want to know, have you named your purpose? And if not, what can you do to reclaim it? If you're looking for guidance on this, let's connect. I've got resources to support you. Thanks for listening, and I will see you next week. Thank you for tuning into Bullshift. If you're loving what you're learning in the podcast and you want to create your own Bullshift, then you need to check out megancrowsey.com forward slash Bullshift. If you haven't already, Subscribe to Bullshift on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And remember to connect with me on Instagram at Megan underscore Krause. Let's connect next week.